Welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to review another Big Finish story. And we've selected a sixth Doctor story, The Crimes of Thomas Brewster, for your delectation a bit later on. But first, let's have some news. Now, there's been um, a few things knocking about, hasn't there? But I think the most... Um, I say most important thing, most interesting thing. A new, uh, a new director to Doctor Who um, was announced a couple of days ago. Um, he's done a lot of work for the BBC and ITV. It's Bill Anderson. Yeah. Uh, yes. Now he's directed, directed Spooks, uh, Lewis, Taggart, DCI Banks, and Mister Selfridge. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I've not watched any of those. I, I used to watch Spooks um, when it was good, basically. Um, yeah. Was, was was he directing it when it was good? Well, I'm not too sure, actually. This is what worries me. So. <laughs> was he the reason it's not? Is he the reason it was or the reason it's not? Well, if, well, if he, if, if he um, directed the stuff that Keely Hawes was in, then it, then it was the good stuff. Right. Um, but Like the first couple of series. But um, yeah. <laughs> That wasn't influenced by... Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No, it was... No, I just, I just preferred it then. It was that... Sort of core group of characters who then sort of like left and went on to do other things, or got or got killed off or pensioned mm. off in the program, and it just never never seemed to be the same after that, to be honest. So, uh, but anyway, so Bill Anderson, um, he says here in this article, which is courtesy of Cult Box, um, is they reckon he's most likely been working on the second block of filming for season ten or series ten, um, which. Apparently, is going to uh, comprise episodes by Mark Bartlett, who wrote for Doctor Foster, and Sarah Dollard, who remember wrote uh, Face the Raven for, yeah. for the last series. Um, quite interesting because he's, he's it's not as if he's done how can I put it small television. No, if you know what I mean, he's used to doing the big the big shows, isn't he? Yeah. So I hope he's got some experience under his belt. But obviously, this is appears to be his first sort of sci-fi helmed uh, series. Which so it'll be interesting. The most interesting thing about this actually is the fact that it seems to have been that it was confirmed on the online CV of Pearl Mackey. Yes, indeed. Now I wonder, I wonder how that went down. Well, that's that's the problem these days. These agents they just get it out there, don't they? Yeah. Really, there's no holding back. The the agents just seem to be a law amongst themselves. Um, when it comes to just announcing stuff, I mean that's how we found out things previously, haven't yeah, we? When people, people, yeah, it gets in their their listings, doesn't it, on yeah, their exactly. websites? So, yeah. oh, we've worked with so and so on. Yeah, oh, right, okay. Yeah, <laughs> or you found out what they're coming up in, and sort of like, oh, that means they're not in Doctor Who anymore. Yeah, you know, we found out that way as well. So, um, but I know when I did post this up onto our um, Facebook group um, today, actually, the day we uh, were recording, and. Um, one of our followers said, well, still no other female directors, which I, they've got a point. Every time there's an announcement, there's not another female director, is there? No. So I don't know if even the word female is probably the right way to it. I'll just say woman director um, is the... Oh, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, the only, the only thing on that is you don't know. I mean, the, the ones that they'd be interested in doing it, in, in asking to do it, may have turned them down. Well, exactly. I mean... No, no, no ones, just because there are no... No women doing it just doesn't mean that there's no women been asked. 
precise. We don't know exactly what's gone on behind the scenes. I and mean, everyone's just saying, they haven't asked any women directors. Well, we don't know that. We, no. honest, we honestly do not know that. So, But anyway, I mean, obviously there's going to be more um, more to be announced um, over the next few months. So um, you never know. You never know who might crop up. Yeah. So watch watch this space, everybody. Now, watch Pearl Mackie's scene. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, actually. <laughs> now, Although uh, I suspect she's been told that doesn't happen again. I would think so. I would think so. Uh, now, uh, just a quick one, really. Um, if you're into um, comics and Doctor Who comics, uh, I must admit, I'm not. I haven't read any of them. Have you, Paul? A silly question. No, no it's exactly. <laughs> well, there's going to be a Doctor Who comics day on Saturday, uh, July the 9th. Um, now, Piers is going to be events all around the country um, by, the, by the sounds of things. Um so I think there's uh, ones I know there's one in London, there's one in Birmingham, there's um, Edinburgh, the USA. It's it's uh, Japan even. It's it's going to be a, a, you know across uh, across the globe, uh, really. Um, and I don't. It's, I've, I've, I'm sort of assuming this is a an annual event. I'm, I must admit, this one has passed me by. Hmm. No, yeah, I don't know to be honest whether it is or not. No, no. It says it's the third annual one, but it's the first I've actually heard of it. So. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. But apparently, this is all leading up to a big, um, a big Doctor Who comic story that's coming out: Supremacy of the Cybermen, which is going to feature the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth Doctors, mm. all accounts. So, um, so if that doesn't pique your interest, um, I don't know what what will. Um, it hasn't really mine at the moment. <laughs> no, but you can understand that, that in this year with not much TV stuff, that you know. Yes. pushing this as well so why not really for people to get their fix yes indeed why not indeed yeah it's it's uh, it's a bit of an odd year really isn't it yeah it's very very odd I mean well, we're killing time aren't we so... yes <laughs> and it's dying slowly it is we're killing time <laughs> by doing news items like this so <laughs> anyway on to the next bit of news uh, now some more um, awards news or, or awards nomination news I should say um the nominations for this year's TV Choice Awards have been announced, and Peter Capaldi has been nominated for Best Actor. Um, now, he's up against uh, Tom Hiddleston for The Night Manager, uh, Killian Murphy for Peaky Blinders, and Jim Carter for Downton Abbey. Um, and the ceremony will take place at the Dorchester on Park Lane in London's glittering West End on Monday the 5th of September. And uh, Doctor Who has also been nominated in Best Family Drama. Okay, but that's up against Call the Midwife, Casualty, and The Durrells. Hmm. Mm. Okay. So I think the last time Doctor Who won that award was in 2013. Yeah. So, so there we go. Um, You've only got a, a a limited time to, to vote. Yes, voting closes on the 8th of July. So if you want to vote uh, for Peter Capaldi and Doctor Who, then go to the TV Choice website where you can still vote, um, but you've only got um, a few days left. So, Providing you've, you, you've done the right thing and listened to this podcast as soon as it's arrived. Well, of course, of course. And, and as you know, Paul, we have a legion of, of listeners who, who do that every week. Yes. <laughs> they sit in the corner shaking until it comes. Until they get their, their, their Hoosie podcast fix. <laughs> yeah, right on. Okay. Um, now, um, Stephen Moffat, 
uh, talking awards news, he's to receive an honorary doctorate from the University of the West of Scotland. Okay, um, now it just says here that the Professor Craig Mahoney, who's the principal and vice chancellor of the UWS, um, to give it its acronym. Um, he goes on to say, Steam is quite simply one of the country's greatest screenwriters, and through his work on both the small and big screen, he has brought joy to millions of viewers worldwide. He's a further example of success from a wonderful town of Paisley, and long line of truly successful people brought up in that town. Stephen is a great role model for anyone, not just our students, and demonstrates that your path in life will be determined by your own passion for the things you believe in, and that anyone can have success if they work hard. Stephen is a hugely deserving recipient of this honorary doctorate, and we're delighted to honour him in his hometown. Hmm. Okay. Um, now that's actually going to go happen today, actually. Tuesday the 5th of July. Hmm. How about that? How about that? Um... Well, I said that like, the day we recalled, which was uh, Monday a minute ago, and I just ruined the magic by saying today, Tuesday the 5th of July. So, <laughs> I've ruined the magic, Paul. What? Oh, that's it. <laughs> no. We've lost all the it's listeners bit, now. It's a bit late to worry about that. <laughs> that's it, Paul. The magic has gone. I'm leaving. <laughs> the only magic we've had is the dis- made, made listeners disappear. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but magic tricks, though, they make them come back again. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. That bit we haven't worked out yet. Have no, we? exactly. No, we're no... Um... Oh, God. Yeah, we're no Siegfried and Roy, are we? <laughs> oh, no, I'm about to be mauled by a white tiger now. So. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, well, that's that's news. That is the news. I mean, honestly, that, that was the most pointless news uh, section we've ever done, I think, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we've been waiting for that as well. We, we... <laughs> Oh dear. So anyway, um, let's make it even more pointless. Let's have some Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Now, uh, this item of tat was brought to our attention uh, by one of our um, listeners, uh, or probably our listener after this, actually, John Michael Lindsay. Um, he brought to our attention the Doctor Who Tardis Soup and Sandwich set. Now, this is a pass, a pass, a piece of, I'd say, a piece of classy tat, isn't it? I'll take a pass, actually. I thought you was taking the piece there, really. <laughs> I'll pass off. <laughs> no, uh, this this is a, a piece of classy tat, isn't it? It is. I mean, actually, I, it's, it's, it's fine in itself, I think. Well, um, um, I, I don't... Other like... than the cost. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I, the soup bowl's okay. The sandwich plate, I think, is disgusting. Yes. To, to be honest, that is the most awful piece of um, art I've ever seen. It's <laughs> placed onto onto a plate. Um, but yes, the you can buy this from Amazon.com. It doesn't appear to be available in the UK, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but this is going for the price of thirty eight dollars ninety five cents. Now, that is for a soup bowl and a plate. Let's yes. get this absolutely, you know, um, straight here. Okay, might be officially licensed by the BBC. Um, it's ceramic and is beautifully illustrated and comes in a handsome gift box. And it's the ultimate accessory for any Doctor Who fan. Um, yeah, it's not worth $38.95. Not by any stretch of the imagination. No. No. Um, not at all. No, I just, yeah, I can't understand. Yeah, have, have you read the product description? Uh, I was just, yeah, just sort of looking at it, yes. Yes, um... Would you care to read it, or, or shall I? Uh, serve your guests chips and salsa, but that's 
or your favourite party dip, but no, it's a, you're selling it as a soup and a sandwich. Exactly, and that's only what you can use it for. Oh. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But no, serve your guests soup and a sandwich. <laughs> Look at that little faces drop. But then, but then it goes on to say, or enjoy a soup and sandwich just like the last of the Time Lords. Now, I've never seen the Doctor use this in the TV show. It's quite, quite honestly a sham. <laughs> it's an absolute sham. Well, this, is, this, is, this is obviously what happened as Gallifrey fell, wasn't it? Well, obviously. <laughs> the soup and the sandwich out. Well, it, it's, got, um, it's got two reviews on Amazon as well, actually. Um, the second one is, cute as can be, just as pictured and much better priced online than the store I first saw it in. How much was it in a store? <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. It's an interesting one. Good God. Um, but the the first review, um, which is titled Wonderful for a Fun Lunch, actually. Um, <laughs> from... That's how you're usually titled as well, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. <I'm... laughs> oh, dear. I'm also I'm also fantastic for a perfect picnic as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and cute as can be. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I've been um, <laughs> officially voted uh, the <laughs> podcasting's sexiest podcaster, uh, which was <laughs> vote, voted for by Badger Baiters Monthly, actually. So, um, Now, the, the first one, uh, the review here says, from the picture, I thought the plate was rounder and smaller. So when I got it, I was surprised and delighted to see it was much bigger than I expected. Well, that what makes me a fun lunch. Um, it's it's oblong again, fun lunch, and there is a bit of an indent for the bowl to fit in to help it not slide around when carrying it. I can see using this for my lunch or as a platter for a party. I really love it. It's fun and functional. Oh. <laughs> yes. That's, yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope you have a, a fun and functional lunch one day. Yes. So, Wherever you are. Hopefully that person will now come and review our podcast. Because <laughs> they're easily pleased. Obviously they are. <laughs> oh dear. Well obviously Paul, we're the ideal dinner guests, aren't we? I mean, you know yes. great for breaking the ice at parties. <laughs> and we also have a small indent so we don't slide around. <laughs> um but I'm only available for soup and sandwiches, though, not salsa and dips. <laughs> no, yes. Yes, we'd be mis-selling ourselves if we did exactly. that. Exactly. I'm strictly a soup and sandwich man myself, so there you are. Oh, God. Right, OK, well, that's it for the news. That is it for Tat Corner, thank God. Um, so coming up next is our review of The Crimes of Thomas Brucer from Big Finish. So for another week, then, that was the news. <laughs> Okay, everybody, it's time for our uh, Big Finish review. And this time, as we said at the top of the show, we are covering the crimes of Thomas Brewster. Latest news on Japanese toy robot terror. Read all about it. Yes, we've just spotted them now. Heading west in a high-speed patrol boat. Doctor! What is it? Some sort of giant robot mosquito by the look of it. Evelyn, watch out! Oh, that was close. Seems to have singled us out for attention. Careful, get down! They're swerving all over the place. Either the driver's intoxicated or... Hang about. There's something going after them. We can't even make a quiet visit to the Tower of London without being zapped at by an alien robot bug. 
control boat's just been completely destroyed! Oh, my life, Doctor! Brewster? I might have known once a cut purse, always a cut purse. Which is why you stole the high-speed patrol boat. Borrowed? You didn't exactly leave it in the condition that you found it. Not my fault. I don't recall telling you my name. In fact, I don't recall you telling me your name. You don't know who I am? No, I'm sorry. You have me at a disadvantage. Detective Inspector Patricia Menzies? There's half a dozen of them attacking the top of the building, firing these laser beam things. We can barely see. There's so many of them, and the noise is just... We're hit! Then the Doctor's plan has failed. These things have won. Now, before we get cracking, um, obviously we will be discussing quite a few plot points in this, so there will be spoilers. But we did give you the option to listen to this story before this podcast went out, didn't we? Yes. Yes, yeah, so hopefully you did manage to listen to this, or those of you who have got access to the BBC Radio iPlayer, um, managed to listen to this from um, BBC Radio 4 Extra. Okay, so... Um, Paul, it is your turn to kick this one off, off, isn't it? Yes. yes, yes. What did you think of it? Um, it was okay, actually. I'm not sure. I, I can't make up my mind whether I like. I, I don't dislike it. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure whether or how much I do. Like, I was, think I was hoping for something more. I don't know when I'm, this is gonna. This is really the random <laughs> thoughts of me at the moment. But when you said when you say more, I mean it was quite a a, a convoluted story of lots and yes. lots of characters. And I think, do you think maybe it's the fact that it was referencing stuff and characters we haven't actually come across yes, yet? Because we haven't, yeah, listened to. This is obviously part of somewhere referencing back to various different stories. Which we haven't yet listened to ourselves. No, actually, I think the thing that I, I put my finger on what this was, mm. what I was really looking forward to more than anything when, obviously, before I listened to this, mm. was the uh, interaction between the Doctor and Evelyn Smythe. Yes, same here. And same what here. sadly happens in this is you don't actually get a lot of that because no. she might spend yeah. most of the either spend there over a part or she's bit she's in, being taken over. Yes. Yes, that is that is a that is a problem with this, isn't it? And it and and, I, it, and it's and it's not that it doesn't work, and it's not. It's just actually, I was building up to. I really enjoyed the other stuff, where the other Evelyn Smythe stories I've listened to, and mm. I was really waiting for that sort of uh, companion Doctor relationship again, and I was probably disappointed from that. I think the first time I listened to it, I was a bit, oh, I don't know about this. Mm. Second time I've listened to it, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more, I think, because I had got rid of the disappointment in that, and I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's... Um, yeah, I mean, I must... As I said, same as you, I was looking forward to The Sixth Doctor and Evelyn Smythe again, because we've only covered uh, one story, haven't we, which was The Spectre of Lanyon Moore. Yeah. Uh which we both thoroughly enjoyed, and that, and that was the the one thing we really enjoyed about the whole thing was the the interaction between the Doctor and Evelyn Smythe. So we, as you say, you were hoping for the same again, and so was I, to be honest. And um, it started off well enough, didn't it? Um, yeah. You sort of get dropped into sort of like the the middle of an adventure. They're already under attack on a trip to the Tower of London, um, and it's it's it so it so it hits the ground. Running, I must admit, when I first listened to this, I thought, 
have I missed something here? Have I missed the start of the episode, episode or so? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was my thoughts on that as well, actually. There's the was the fact of, oh, is this like is this this story like a part of a series that we're now really dropped into? Yeah, we sort of stumbled into kind of thing, but no, this is how it starts, you know. It, it was it's quite a, a weird, weird beginning. Um and I sort of read somewhere else that someone described it as it's like um um like the pre-credit uh, credits sorry I'm hunting wabbits um the pre-credit sequence to a Bond film. Yeah, yeah, I did actually think. Yeah, is this going to have, have anything to do with the actual story itself? <laughs> um, but it did though, didn't it? In the end, yeah. you sort of find out later on these sort of mosquito, big giant robot mosquito things called Terrivals are um are chasing after them and. Uh, yeah, so so you, you know you've got the Doctor and Evelyn jumping off of a, an exploding police speedboat, and and so I say it's quite an you know an exciting start to the story. Um, yeah, and just just the like the the in joke reference to his coat and yes, <laughs> yes indeed indeed, and again even during that he was referencing other um, other stories like when he um, talked about meeting James the First, you know, with you know with the original London Bridge, yeah, and things like that. So. Yeah, it's already you sort of you, and maybe this is one of the one of the I suppose you could say one of the criticisms about Big Finish. It can get a bit continuity heavy, and this story was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably actually more than even the TV series. I think the Big Finish does. Yeah, um, because when the doctors and even are picked up by the police, um, we're actually set up, again joined by a character. Um, which D.I. Menzies, who's, again, been in a previous story. Yeah. uh, With the Sixth Doctor. And this is all out of time. She recognises the Doctor, but he doesn't recognise her. So it's, again, we're sort of, like, dropped into it. And then she's explaining it all to to Evelyn Smythe, isn't she? Yeah. About how she's met the Doctor before. Um, Because it's sort of like saying, well, has he had some work done? Because I think the... The version she met before, I think you meant led to believe it's the, I call it the fatter Colin Baker <laughs> from, yes. the, from the Trial of the Time Lord series. <laughs> so, um, and there's a, and he was chattering with Charlie Pollard as well, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I'm sort of led to believe. So, yeah, so it, it does sort of, already you're sort of like, oh, hang on a minute, you, you've got to sort of pay attention, really, to those little bits and pieces. Um, I and, think- then, and then you've got, obviously, the... The title mentioned Thomas Brewster, who's also from a, a previous, previous story, yes, but the, a different the, previous story. The, so. haunt, the haunting of Thomas Brewster, Brewster, which had the Fifth Doctor in it. Yes, yeah. So it's all very, very convoluted. It, it, it really I mean, is. It, it is quite good, though. I mean, it does sort of explore the um, the Doctor and time, different how time would interact with him and how he wouldn't know. What's going on? And also, yeah, you also then get the um, locusts who, who are also have known him from a different store, different from the past, yes. apparently, or his future. And yes, indeed. I just like the fact that, that when they're saying to him, "Oh, is that because it all becomes can that cause all problems in time?" He goes, "No, I just don't like to spoil the fun." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did like that that response. Actually, it was. Sort of- I did like the sort of that going back to the chase at the beginning. It was the doctor giving a running commentary on on the sights as he went past. Yeah, it's like it's like a tour bus. <laughs> yeah, <wasn't> it? <laughs> that was that was a like that was the nice little touch. That I really like that bit. Um, but then, I mean, what do you think to the Thomas Brewster character? 
Um, he's played by John Pickard. Now, I've only known John Pickard from. Do you remember Two Point Four Children? Yes, that sitcom. He was the he was the son. All oh, right. In that, um, and I, he didn't really convince me. To be honest, I thought he was like the, you know, the story's named after him, but I found him to be a bit of the weak, a bit of a weak link. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't really a lot, not charismatic or wasn't really even the sort of artful dodger sort of character you was expecting either. No, I mean he's from the Victorian era, and yeah. apparently during the, the, the haunting of Thomas Brewster, he asked to be left in modern day Earth. Yeah, which is where this sort of story joins him. Um, but I, I can't quite, and he's going, and that's how I think as well. He's calling himself the Doctor. Yeah, as well. So, and you've got. Um, I mean, that, that that sort of worked though, from a point of view that you weren't quite sure. Well, it worked. I, I think it worked for us because we'd never heard the character before. <laughs> no, well, or, or actually, we just didn't know. I mean, at that stage, we didn't. Or we also didn't know. Um, where it was going, did you? And also the fact that he was wearing Edwardian clothes, sort of, was just... I think they actually got that quite well done for the first probably well, they, about well, half hour, Edward, wasn't it? You Edwardian, weren't sure. Well, Edwardian clothes and fair hair, and the Doctor mm. was thinking, is that me? Yeah. I.e. the Fifth Doctor. Yeah. So, yeah, you had those sort of seeds of doubt planted in your mind. You know, is, is this really the Doctor? Who's, why, why is he basically sort of trying to get arms... Really? Why has he got this huge cache of weapons? Why is he trying to buy machine guns and stuff and stuff like that? So there is that. Even the doctor's doubting. Could it? Could it actually be me? Yeah. You know. So I, I liked. I like that. Um, the aspects of it, but it just sort of for me just kind of unravelled a little bit once Thomas Brewster announced himself. Yeah. He, he, it was better when you didn't know whether he was yeah. going to be the doctor or not. Yeah. And if there's any way they could have kept that, I suppose they couldn't. I mean, I suppose at the point. Where uh, they meet, it it would have been it, it would have taken it too much to have believed for him not to. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, I can't really imagine why. Because I know he's got like a small army, the people he's recruited to yeah. his calls. I cannot, for the life of me, understand why anybody would. Because as you say, because he's not charismatic at all, is he? No. Well, I suppose once he'd got them there, I mean, if he was just he was just basically abducting tube trains, weren't he? So once he'd got them there, they got taken over straight away. Basically, so, yeah, yeah, that's what he was um, doing. He didn't necessarily need to be to, to actually get them to follow him because by the time they knew what was going on, it was too late. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, again, that's quite an, I think it was quite an effective thing was using the the tube train. Yeah, to you know, to sort of travel across the universe. Um, to what was what was the planet called? Sim, sim symbiosis, sim, symbiosis yeah, sim, or something, yeah. or something like that. Um, and again, the actual thing about the the planet itself was actually alive. Yeah, I thought it was quite a good idea. Yeah. Um, I thought it was quite sort of quite effective. To be honest, you sort of like you actually walking on a, a living creature. And then, sort of like to escape the um, what was it, the Terravors, They sort of like the, the the planet sort of sucks them underneath. Yeah, and it did sound quite repulsive. It was like that, and sort of that smell was on the planet. It's like bile. Yeah, it's quite sort of quite descriptive. I thought the script was very descriptive um, of of what the planet was like. Um, but 
Yeah, and of course you've got the the, you know, so with the, the locusts who then inhabit in in a symbiotic relationship. Hence the name of the planet. Um, and as you said, Evelyn gets taken over, and this is where it's sort of kind of. As you say, you, you lose that dynamic, don't you? Because she split, yeah. she split from the from the Doctor to begin with, and then she gets taken to the planet, gets taken over by the Locusts, um, and it's not really the Doctor and Evelyn, is it? No, it's the it's the Doctor and Di Menzies. Yes, it is. From then on, yeah. which actually I, I wasn't too wasn't too bad. No, um, I, I think that was actually quite a good character, and I thought that worked really well in well, that, especially into then you got into the. The whole, I mean, you, you also had like, you know, three different people at once in this story that are claimed to be the Doctor. Yes. As well at different points. Exactly, because I mean, all the, also, I mean, well, I say all the way through this story, the Doctor isn't admitting to anybody he's the Doctor, apart from um, to Evelyn and um, Menzies. Yeah. yeah. Only because she's met him before. But, and then Menzies pretends to be the Doctor. You've got Bruce to pretend to be the Doctor, you know, um... And I, I know that they're sort of make, trying to make some sense out of why Menzies, because she's from the Greater Manchester Police, and she's down in London, and it said, well, she's been called down because of her previous experience with individuals calling themselves the Doctor. Doctor. But but when you've thought that unit would have got involved yeah. at that point, really, wouldn't you? So they could sort of confirm his identity right there and then, to be honest. But, yeah, but no, it, it, at least it, it did make yeah, it makes sense, didn't it? it yeah, did sort of make makes sense. And I have, it. have to say, also through this story, get, getting on to the to the other main character in this story, mm. and probably actually the best character I think, or I, I enjoyed the most. All right, was was uh, David Troughton's portrayal of Raymond Gallagher, and I just thought I just loved his performance of that, and just more more than anything, I loved his pronunciation of Smythe. Yeah, Miss Smith. Yeah, <laughs> just every single time he made he said it, it just made me smile. <laughs> I mean, I must admit, I did find it a little bit sort of caricaturish of a, of oh, a, of was, a gangster, yeah. wasn't it? Um, well, in this case, a South London gangster. Yeah, but that because it's all sort of around sort of like Rotherhithe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I did find a little bit, you know. Not, not pantomime, but a very sort of stereotypical South London gangster. But he was enjoyable, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah, just just for what was a quite complicated story to that extent. He he did provide quite a, for a nasty character. Providing the comic relief was quite a yes, a, yeah, because he he good was way to do it. Well, he was all for offing the Doctor and Evelyn because he he'd sort of basically kidnapped the Doctor and Evelyn Smile because he thought that. This doctor was the doctor that was causing all the trouble, yeah. On his on his patch, as it were. So, but it comes sort of come the end of it though. He wasn't really. I don't, I don't know. What was? Do you think these character was really important to the to the plot at all? Because he just sort of didn't really. He got sort of like a a gang no, together, didn't no, he? I, then he didn't really do anything after that, did he? No, I think he was there for the comic relief bit, <laughs> <laughs> and which, as I say, is is odd in itself because obviously people do get, he does kill people in this story. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. But it just, yeah, no, I think it was, it, and it's always nice to have the 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 pantomime villain get his comeuppance at the end as well. Isn't oh, he it? does, doesn't he? He certainly does. I mean, I say, sorry, but we are, we really are ruining this for you. But we did say spoilers, didn't we? So, yeah. Um, and actually, another two characters, Jared and, and Philippa, um, who 
Evelyn meets on the tube when she's trying to get away from um, Thomas Brewster. Uh, now, another thing, again, the Philippa character, also known as Flip, ends up becoming a travelling companion of the Doctor in yeah. future stories. So it's a really, really sort of heavy continuity, this one. I forgot about that, but I just sort of looking mm. at, the, at the cast list there. Um, but I thought they were quite good characters. Yeah, yeah, actually. I mean... You sort of most of the characters in this worked. One the character, as we said, the one character we thought probably worked the least was was Thomas Brewster. Yeah, um, which... the whole thing hinged around him, really. Didn't yeah. It? So, but uh, yeah, I, I know. It, um, the other thing as well did make me laugh when they um, the, the Doctor was trying to uh, trace the Terravore signal, and he got back to that guy's um, that guy's flat, and you basically find that he's he's made the first Terravore under instructions via email. Yeah, um, from Andromeda or something, and I like the way Menzies because it's like a—I think you're supposed to assume it's like a video diary. Yeah, and it's like Menzies going, "Oh, because he's meant to be like a bit of a nerd, isn't he?" Um, and he's, he's even wearing national health glasses. <laughs> yeah, and that just tickled me for some reason. I don't know why. So I thought this is 2010. Can you still get national health glasses? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've no uh, idea. But actually, I mean. Uh, having said that, uh, once it got past that, uh, that was actually quite the the most sober part of this story, wasn't it? It was. It was when it suddenly goes through the the descent of this person who just sort of is is you know quite happy and quite pleased that he's now getting he's finally made contact with it's like alien like, intelligence. It's yeah. life's work, isn't it? Yeah, and just the the panic that goes into every different message as he's realizing that he's got actually less and less. Till absolutely zero control. Yeah, and uh, yeah, his time is is up basically. Uh, oh, cool. his time was up, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, they found his body. So yeah, it was an, an interesting way to introduce a character. Yeah, it was different. Totally in. Yeah, because they didn't actually sort of get to interact with anybody, did he? He was just there on the, on you the know, screen. You but normally, you normally think that would be the opening bit of it would be him building, getting the first message and building. Yeah. The first one. Then it might have cut then to the Doctor being chased down the Thames. Yes. But it didn't, but, did it? It didn't. No, so, I think it worked. I think it actually worked really well done that way. Done yeah, this, it done did. It. it did. I, I, I totally agree with you, actually. I totally agree with you. What did you think to sort of like, um, sort of the soundscape to this one? Because we know we, we've sort of said in the past that certain stories we, we've reviewed haven't really done a lot to sort of sell where they are. Really, how, how do you think this one coped? Um, yeah, I think it was okay. I, I, I did. I, yeah, I've got I've got images in my mind of of places, mm. so it must have created something, even without me, you know, sort of thinking, oh, I wonder what that would be like. Yeah. So it's obviously just automatically. I've not actually thought about it to be honest. Well, maybe um, which, that's a, maybe that's a good thing then. Which is yeah, because I've now. But yeah. if you ask me, probably to describe the planet or to describe the where um, Evelyn went to meet what she thought was the Doctor, mm. I probably could describe that as I see it, as yeah, I as I, I pictured it. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think I think suppose because it's set in London, it's image quite, to me. Yeah, I mean, I think for us because we live in London, you can you can you yeah. can see the Thames, you can see. Um, sort of like those sort of like places that where, where gangsters would hang out in South London. Yeah, you know, they're sort of like those old sort of dockyards, 
buildings. You we, know, we, we, we've them. seen the Sweeney. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but even if you take the sort of planet sort of thing, I mean, I sort of had this sort of image of the this tropical sort almost. I don't know, um, rainforesty sort of place. Perhaps not with so much trees, but you know that sort of. Well, the way they sort of dis- yeah, why they sort of described sort of rivers of blood and and the trees were actually sort of bones, weren't they? Yeah, and, and you got the sort of talk about the smell of bile and everything. Yeah, it, it really sort of very very descriptive, and it really sort of make you think of it as an alien world. Well, usually just some sort of rocky yeah. outcrop somewhere, but this was truly alien. Yeah. and I, I think it really the only thing that sort of. Um, I suppose they sort of didn't go over the top. We were sort of like, you know, squelchy footstep noises because they're walking in more well, sick, really, aren't they? So, <laughs> But, yeah, it, it, it worked. I think yeah. it really worked. It really did. And and also sort of being on the sort of the tube work. Again, we've, we've travelled on the tube, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. So, again, you can pitch that in your mind, can't you? Yeah. It's easy. It's, it's, it's dead easy. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, performances then. Um, Colin Baker then. Yeah, I thought it was good. I felt um actually did it quite well. It wasn't, again, not the kept the pompous doctor in check to a large extent. And it's mainly because he wasn't playing the doctor. No, he wasn't, was he? For most of it, if it as such. Um, so, yeah, I think that... That worked well. I think he worked well, better with Menzies than he did with Brewster. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and I think the the end bit as well was was very good. Well, he sort of tricked everybody into thinking, yeah, he sort of betrayed them. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was very, very and good, I, I, and yeah. it was very much. You could almost believe it of his doctor. You could do, couldn't you? Really. very self-righteousness of him of his doctor come out at that point yeah which fitted what he did it i don't know if it's something i'm I'm trying to think because we've we've recently done um a commentary haven't we for um oh crikey what was that bloody awful thing with paul darrow and we just did commentary for i've got the name of the bloody story now (laughs) i'm trying to burn it out of my mind With the with the banjos, have you forgotten as well? Haven't you? Yes, my, my brain's just no. The minute, minute you say that to me, my brain goes absolutely blank. <laughs> time lash, time lash. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. How could I forget time lash? Bloody hell! <laughs> yes, that's, that's months of therapy out the window, isn't it? <laughs> now you remember that. Back to square one now. <laughs> Back to sh- shaking in the corner. <laughs> no. it... It's that thing. Um, it kind of, the ending kind of reminded me of that, where the doctor goes off, and people think he's gone to do something, and it's yeah. the complete opposite. Do you know what I mean? He, he leaves yeah. everyone. He leave, lets leaves people behind thinking one thing, but he's doing something completely different. Um, and it just sort of kind of reminded me of that. And also, the whole thing starts off in sort of London and, and goes off to a different, a different planet. Um, reminds me of Attack of the Cybermen. Yeah. So I, I I don't know if that, if, if that was the you know the writer's intention was to echo something like that. I I don't know. 
It's yeah, certainly, you certainly seen you that also got someone building their own little army. <laughs> yes, there you are again, exactly like Attack of the Cybermen. So, hmm, yeah, because you've, you've got against the, against the robots. <laughs> robots who have taken over another planet from the actual indigenous population. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I hadn't thought of it like that until you just said that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Maybe a slightly derivative, but okay. Okay. Oh, well, that no, was very, that, that, that was very smug of me, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. But there's enough twists. I mean, I mean the main, was, the main yeah. twists on this is, is this story is all about who is the Doctor, hmm. uh, really, isn't it? And and what and what levels do you go to really to uh, help people or to defend your planet? Well, exactly. I mean, that's the thing about Brewster. He's he was doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, but just going the wrong way about it. But the only way he knew how. Yeah, basically. that's it. Yeah, um, but it even ends up in the end. He's he's hijacked um, the Doctor again, isn't he, in the TARDIS? Yeah. So he wants to be taken back to his own time. So I, I don't know what the um, what the next story is, to be honest. But but yeah, we, we've we, tried not to listen to that, have we? Till we've done this one. No, just exactly. Case, just in yeah. case we started saying, "Oh, and that bit, I really enjoyed that bit," which is actually from a different story. Yes. Yeah, so we'll, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll listen to that one later. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously we haven't sort of talked about Maggie Stables yet. I know we sort of like said that um, you know she spends a lot of her time away, um, away from the Doctor, so you don't get the interaction. But what did you think of her performance? Because I, I think Maggie Stables is is brilliant. Yeah, actually, no matter what she's um, what she's doing, I just think she's fantastic. I really do, and I and I really cannot wait to listen. You know, listen to some more. Yeah, I mean, I mean the whole thing where she's actually. About to be taken over, that scene was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, she was uh, brilliant all the way through it. I mean, she's such a, um, it's such a different travelling companion for the Doctor, and it's such a breath of fresh air. Um, a that she's older, she gives the Doctor a good run for his money. She won't take any any crap off him. She's you know she's resourceful, etc., etc. Which is what they've got modern companions in the new series. On TV, doing yeah. that's the kind of characters they are now. Um, but I'm just going. But but but, but she, big, yeah, fini- but big finish. have done it, and it's an older person. Yes, if you've got the Doctor, is quite Colin. I don't know if she would work with any other Doctor than Colin Baker's Doctor because he's quite a pompous, self-important Doctor. Yeah, and having the older companion that can actually basically tell him he's being an idiot. <laughs> yes. Works. Yeah. Whereas I don't think if you'd had the the younger companion telling him, it would really it would just sound. Well, yeah, you end up back to sort of Perry and the Doctor bickering, wouldn't you? Yeah, it'd sound like the younger companion was whining. Mm. But why can't I do this or why can't I do that? Yeah. Whereas with Evelyn Smythe, it is basically almost the school teacher telling the naughty boy. <laughs> that he's... That's a very good description. Yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't that, it? That, that he can't do this and he can't do that, and I think it keeps him in. It keeps it keeps the doctor in check, which gives you a better doctor. Mm. Um, and and yeah, and just a totally different dynamic. But like I say, yeah, I couldn't. It, it'd be too over the top if you could imagine it. Her with the fifth doctor, it would be too much. I think the the little boy being told off. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It would be. It'd be far too. To, to swung over that way, wouldn't it? Really, yeah. Um, but one thing I do love about the Sith Doctor and Evelyn Smythe's uh, sort of relationship is that they really do sort of care for each other. 
Yeah. It, you, you, I've never really sort of got that with Colin Baker with, with any other companion. Um, it's obviously he did sort of care for, for you know, for Perry. Never really got anything for from Mel because it was just too yeah. short. Uh, well, well, what... And you did get to see how they how they met, really. But in this, is that bit when um, Gallagher sends Evelyn off to meet um, Brewster? Yeah. And you've got like Colin Baker's doctor going, oh, oh take care, Evelyn. And you, he, I've never heard him say that to any other companion. Yeah. But you do get the feeling there is a really strong friendship there. Yes. Whereas with other companions, it is almost like that, oh, I've got to look after you sort of attitude. It's more... Yeah, the other, the other companions... You've more, been, more you've been hoisted upon it? me. Yeah. And now I've got to care for you. You're my responsibility. It's paternal. Yeah. It's a paternal relationship. But this yeah, whereas this, you, this, is, this is almost a... a, a Friendship of equals. Yes, it is, and that's what I love about it. That's yeah. what I, I really do. You know, I love the, the Sixth Doctor and, and Evelyn. So, um, yeah, I, I've got and, a, and again, I've just, some that's what this Doctor needs. Yes, it is. It is bang on, absolutely bang on. So we've we've covered the other um, the other characters as we've been been talking actually, but um, yeah. So so now we sort of, sort of sort of mixed feelings about this one to begin with because I because of Thomas Brewster really. Um, but would you recommend this to someone? Yes, I would. It'd be interesting. I think it might be worth saying to them if you can listen to the Fifth Doctor ones. Perhaps you might come into liking Thomas Brewster character might be more likable. Maybe or might, or might be more into the story and you might understand the character more. It's probably because he's he's because they've obviously had all the introduction and we've had most of the backstory for that character in previous big finish. Mm. There isn't a lot, so he's, he's quite two-dimensional. He is. Yeah. But that may just be because if you've listened to the other stories and you know the character, mm. you you've already got the three-dimensional image of him. So it may be worth, I'd say probably worth listening to the other stories first. Yeah, listen to the haunting of uh, Thomas Brewster first would probably be a good yeah. place to start. Yeah, yeah, and then work your way through this. I think you might get more out of it if you do listen to it as 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 a um, sequence of stories. Mm. Yes, but I mean, I mean, I, I would recommend it as well. It's it's quite a it's an entertaining listen. Yeah. Um, despite the you know all the continuity heavy stuff and having to know where these other characters have come from. Um, they do go to someone trying to explain it a little bit more for, for first-time listeners. Yeah. So Because obviously we, yeah. we, we picked up the fact that, yes, they they've obviously have met before. Um, so, yeah, yeah, give it a listen. Give it a listen. It is yeah. a good one. And it's just always good to hear the Doctor and Evelyn, uh, even if they're only sort of together for a very, very short time yeah. over a course of two hours. Yeah. So. I mean, it just, just confirms that, my views on them too as a partnership, I think. Yes, indeed. And, and like I say, my, my only disappointment, my main disappointment of this story is the fact that there isn't enough of it. No, exactly. That's that's mine as well. That's exactly mine as well. So, uh, should we leave that there then? Yes. Yes, that's good. That's good. Okay. So, go and listen, people. Go and listen. Okay, then. Now, um, I think when Paul and I next return, we're going to be going back to Series 2, aren't we? Yes. Back to our retrospective. Um, and I've forgotten the name of the episode. What is wrong with me tonight? I couldn't name any episodes. Army of Ghosts is what we're going to be doing next, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Army of Ghosts. Um, it's been a long time coming, this one, hasn't it? We, it has. Yes, we sort of put... <laughs> this is probably the longest series retrospective we've ever done. 
It's uh, stringing it out. Two years now has been going on for, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just feels like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. So when Paul and I next return, um, you'll hear our views on Doom... Uh, Doom I was going to say Doomsday then. <laughs> I really have lost it. <laughs> You're just trying to fast forward to the end now, aren't you? <laughs> Army of Ghosts. Thank you. Okay, then. So, um, until... We return. It is goodbye from me, Phil, before my brain explodes. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.